athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I'd have seen it all. If HBCU Sports is your fancy, then you've got it tuned to the right radio station on Box to Row Radio, also Sirius XM channels 142 and 84, and a lot of HBCU to talk about. But you know, if you listen to this show, and welcome to our newest listeners of From the Press Box to Press Row, where we talk HBCU sports, but when we talk a plethora of things, whether it's NBA, whether it's National Football League, everything, right? College basketball, whether it's a little bit of entertainment, it, we talk it all here on the program. But we're especially going to talk today HBCU football because there's so much going on week three upon us with respect to HBCU football. And of course, as always, you're locked into the dopest show on radio again. This is from the press box to press row. And I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a good show for you today here on the program. As a matter of fact, going to be joined by South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh here on the program. Listen, a lot has happened since the last time we talked. First of all, you had that big basketball game Saturday night, ESPNU Radio, between North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. It lived up to its billing going back to the previous Wednesday A&T defeated the Eagles on the campus of North Carolina Central. And so you have uh, the rematch, if you will, just three days later. And the game was all of that. Yeah, maybe some controversy at the end. But ultimately, A&T pulls that basketball uh, game out. And it looked really good on TV. Like, it looked really good on ESPNU. Looked absolutely awesome. There were fans in the stands, which was really a a good thing, right? Because, I mean, we hadn't, you know, in the state of North Carolina anyway, there were no fans at any athletic sporting events. Maybe, maybe, maybe high schools, maybe, maybe a little bit in high schools, but at least collegiately and on the uh, professional level, no fans in the stands. And what a basketball game that was as A&T was able to pull that game out by two points. So with that, our box to row national players of the week were both ANT players, Cameron Langley and Webster Fillmore. Cameron Langley, a first team box to row all American, uh, led the uh, the NCAA last year in assists. One of the leaders this year. He of course declared for the NBA draft to kind of get a feel for where he stood, some of the things that he needed to work on. And 
It's really been his defense that has really, really been uh, more than solid. It's been pretty good, especially getting his hands in the passing lanes and a lot of steals for A&T on this week. Meanwhile, Webster Fillmore was just steady. He shot 91% from the field for the week and really helped propel North Carolina A&T. As a matter of fact, he had, in essence, on two occasions, what were the go-ahead field goals. Uh, One uh, was about two minutes and uh, some change remaining. North Carolina Central regained the lead, and then he had the ultimate uh, field goal. It uh, It was a jumper and ultimately allowed for A&T to win that basketball game. Also, speaking of Box to Row National Players of the Week, this is the thing about spring. Like, generally around this time, we're only talking about basketball players, but we also got to talk about football players. Uh, On the women's side, basketball, Alabama State Guard Jayla Crawford, a junior from Birmingham, Alabama, was our also our Box to Row National Player of the Week. Then on the football side, Southern defensive end Jordan Lewis was our Box to Row National Player of the Week in football. He had a a phenomenal game, 11 tackles. Eight of those were solo. He forced a fumble. He had five tackles for loss and four sacks in the Jaguars' 24-21 victory over Alabama State on last week. And... Uh, last Friday, uh, really good football game is our box to row national uh, game of the week, as a matter of fact. So, uh, again, the ANT Central deal was something big that happened uh, in HBCUs as a whole on last week. And before we go any further, because in this segment I'm going to break down, we had so many things that happened, as a matter of fact, in HBCU sports and specifically HBCU football. If you want to join the conversation, here on From the Press Box to Press Row, you can do so via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You can also hit me up via my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one or my personal Instagram account, at Donald. So, middle of the week, Edward Waters And, of course, we have our radio station in Jacksonville, XL 1010 and 92.5 FM. So, Edward Waters, which is in Jacksonville, Florida, if you didn't know that, fired its head football coach, Greg Ruffin. And it was interesting because this was his third season. The Edward Waters program making the transition between NAIA to Division II and ultimately the SIAC coming off two weeks ago, a 53 to nothing loss to Jackson State. Uh, and, you know, the optics may look, if you're not really a, a football person, it may have looked like, okay, well, yeah, he got blasted by Jackson State, so they decided to let him go. I mean, if you look Uh, at his previous two seasons, they no doubt were losing seasons. But I think it takes time to build a program. I think when you're asking someone to come in and build a program, get a stadium built, he's a program builder. If you know the history of Greg Ruffin, he's a program builder. Got a stadium built at Edward Waters on campus, right? Has a great relationship with the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And... One game into the spring season, 
he gets fired. It is, I, I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. I think when you've done what he was, has been able to do, it's not all about the wins and the losses, especially when you're building something, particularly now we're talking about during COVID and you fire the head football coach. I don't agree with it uh, at all, but I know that Greg Ruffin's going to land on his feet. There's no question about that. Now, you know, you, you say, well, why did they fire him? Well, my understanding is that the president, of course, did not hire Greg Ruffin and wanted to bring in his own guy. Uh, I, I totally get that. I mean, I think if that's what you're going to do, then that's something you do. They should have done after the 2019 season. That's more. It's more, at least from an optics perspective, it's more justifiable. You can say, well, you only won this many games, um, new president coming in. We're going to move on. That's more justifiable than going 13 months, right? Or, or really, what, 15 months and getting the stadium built or helping to get the stadium built. I mean, obviously, I mean, it, you know, Ruffin didn't get the stadium built, but he was very instrumental in helping to get the stadium built uh, when he first came in and then laying out the plans and so forth in terms of what needed to be done. Because, again, he's done this before. Right. But, uh, you know, very unfortunate. But I will say that ultimately I think he's going to land on his feet. He's got a track record and has done some good things in the places that he's been. Uh, Your thoughts, especially my listeners in Jacksonville, XL 1010 92.5 FM. What say you hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W again, still to come here. On from the press box to press row, South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh going to join us on the program under his tutelage, 19 seasons. As a matter of fact, at South Carolina State, the Bulldogs have won seven MEAC championships, two black college football national championships, and he's been named coach of the year in the MEAC three times, including the 2019 season. So that sets me up for the next topic of conversation got a press release on Wednesday that said that Alabama A&M and South Carolina State were going to play football so I, I didn't really read it at first thoroughly so I'm thinking okay well good they both need a game when is this going to happen next couple of weeks Saturday Alabama A&M and South Carolina State are going to meet this Saturday in Orangeburg and I was like, whoa, immediately what came to my mind, remember when Coastal Carolina and BYU both needed a football game? What was that, in October? Maybe maybe it was November, October or November, and they came together and BYU traveled to South, Car- to, uh, South Carolina to take on Coastal Carolina? Well, very similar scenario, and it just got me to thinking, you know, this is what it's all about with HBCUs, right? When, because at the end of the day, I don't know what's going on in, in D.C. It's something about D.C. and you can't, you know, you know Howard was, couldn't play or whatever. I have no idea what was going on. But at the end of the day, and it happened last minute, South Carolina State was scheduled to play Howard in D.C. this Saturday. Alabama A&M was scheduled to play Mississippi Valley State this Saturday and was scheduled uh, last week to play Alcorn State, who bowed out of the season. 
Both schools needed a game. They came together and got it done. We didn't need to say, okay, you know, I mean, obviously there's some details behind it, but it wasn't this back and forth. Sometimes these games take two and three, four years to come together, and something like this came together in a matter of days. It's got me super excited. Not only that, Alabama State is going to be in the mix as well. Alabama State and South Carolina State now going to have a home-and-home where South Carolina State is going to travel to Alabama State later in the year and then return the game, Alabama State, to South Carolina State in 2023. Got a lot more to get to here on the program and still to come. South Carolina State head football coach, Buddy Pugh. This is Box to Row Radio and on Sirius XM channels 142 and 84. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here, right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Missed any of our shows? How about our conversations with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment? Check out Box to Row podcast at boxtorow.com or on Apple Podcasts. Hey yo, stepping through the fog and creeping through the smog. It's the number one from the hood, doggy dog. Making videos. Joining us in this segment will be South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh. Still to come here on the program. I'm also going to break down the Box to Row National Game of the Week. And I'm going to tell you what. I mean, I had a game in mind. I'm going to still go with that game. But the Alabama A&M and South Carolina State matchup uh, had me thinking a little bit. Because when you look at, uh, and again, there's no MEAC. But, I mean, if you looked at the MEAC as it were, I mean, I would think South Carolina State at Florida A&M was involved would probably have been picked to finish third behind Florida A&M and North Carolina A&T. And then you look at Alabama A&M had Alcorn State played. You would have had to say Alcorn State is the favorite. And then there's a toss up, I guess, between Southern and then ultimately Alabama A&M. So what a football game that that's going to be on Saturday. A quill glass, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the wide receiver, Ibrahim. Uh, uh, is phenomenal as well. As a matter of fact, was my number one player to watch this season in all of HBCU football. And if you want to view my top five players to watch, it ended up being six players. You can log on to our website at boxtorow.com. Grambling is hosting Jackson State. These games are on Saturday. Lincoln of Missouri is hosting UT Permian Basin. Boy, it's been... It, you know, wow, Lincoln, I'm just hoping for Lincoln of Missouri this year. Things are going to be a little bit different, but they're off to that bad start. What, a couple of weeks ago, losing 87-3. to Southern is hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now, that's going to be a football game 
Also, Southern coming off the win last week against Alabama State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, new head coach, Doc Campbell. And as a matter of fact, if you check out our HBCU football daily podcast, we had a chance during the Arkansas Pine Bluff preview to talk with Doc Campbell. As you know, Alabama A&M going to be on the road taking on South Carolina State. Another solid one, Preview A&M at home and hosting Texas Southern in what will be the Labor Day Classic. And then on Sunday, Tennessee State's going to be hosting Jacksonville State. So a good schedule of HBCU football games coming up this weekend. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his 19th season as the head football coach at South Carolina State. The Bulldogs are going to host Alabama A&M. It wasn't on the original schedule, but going to host Alabama A&M on Saturday as Buddy Pugh, the head football coach again at South Carolina State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. What's going on, Coach Pugh? Hey, dog. Everything's good. Trying to play a little football in the spring, I guess. Everything's great. How, how are you? I'm doing good. I, I am doing very well. Uh, thank you for asking. And, you know, I, I want to start here because when I saw the press release come fr- uh, come out that South Carolina State and Alabama A&M uh, is going to play on Saturday, I was very excited because I think, you know, you look at you, you needed a game, they needed a game. And so at the end of the day, you all were able to make it happen. Uh, can you speak to how this game came together in such a short amount of time? Well, uh, you're exactly right. We both needed a game. Uh, We had had uh, all kinds of circumstances in our league uh, that, that, uh, you know, led to us having to go out and try to find, you know, some non-conference people to play. Uh, We thought we were going to play Alabama State, and and we still are at the back end of the schedule. But we couldn't work it out to play uh, this weekend. And uh, from that point, then we – you know, started to try to search around. Coach Maynard had talked to me a couple of weeks back and uh, tried to get something going. But at that point, you know, we thought we had something with Alabama State. So we told them no. And then uh, at this point, we just started trying to figure out who might be able to play again. So my AD talked to the AD. And uh, I think the Coastal Carolina thing back in the fall has kind of given everybody a sense of what you can do or what you better do if you want to play that way. So, you know, we just kept looking. And, uh, you know, once once we got to a, uh, another opponent who had a common interest, then we just started trying to work through it. I got to take my hat off to the Alabama A&M folk. I'm really appreciative of their uh, ability to work through as quickly as they have, you know, all of the protocols and, and routines and things you got to do to move a football team that quick or that far. And, uh, you know, it speaks to the – you know, great organization that they are, that they could pull this thing off. So, you know, I'm excited by the game on Saturday and looking forward to Coach Maynard and his crew. His president, Dr. Andrew Eugenie, is a South Carolina State graduate, was our president for a while since I've been here. So he's a great South Carolina State supporter, still is involved with him as a state club member, our boost organization. So, you know, we look forward to getting all those guys back here in Orangeburg and and treat them to a good, solid weekend of, of fun and, and, and football festivities. I'm telling you, and, and you know, it, it was at one time, and I know COVID has sort of changed things, that one of the best atmospheres 
uh, in all of college football, pound for pound, was right there uh, in Orangeburg. And it's great to see that that game just made sense. And I think your point about Coastal Carolina and BYU is apropos. So what what happened? What, what happened with the Howard situation? I mean, not only did that game get canceled, but the game that they were supposed to return to you is canceled as well. Well, uh, I think they had some uh, rules for the District of Columbia that we couldn't figure out exactly how to either adhere to or to get around, whichever one, you know, fit for the particular purpose that we were looking for. So we ended up having to uh, uh, kind of uh, push that game to the wayside. I think how it was able to play schools in their neighboring states uh, they can play Delaware. You know, they can play in Florida. I mean, they can play in, in Maryland. They can play in Virginia. But I don't think they are allowed to play, you know, far enough away that, you know, that they were allowed to come to South Carolina. Nor were they allowed to have a South Carolina team come to uh, Washington, D.C. And, uh, you know, we just were disappointed in that fact because we, we were really excited about Coach Scott. A couple of the guys on that staff were – ex South Carolina State, either assistants or players. And, uh, you know, it seems to be now, Donald, that almost every place we go, there's somebody that's connected to the program, you know, from one of the 19 years that we've been here, or maybe even some of the years that I was here before as a student athlete and as an assistant coach. So, you know, we always try to, you know, do whatever we can to, you know, once we couldn't figure out how to make that particular situation work, to continue to play so at that point then we started looking isn't this isn't this sort of a blueprint of maybe how you know as hbcus and more specifically fcs hbcus can move forward in other words it seems like you need the MEAC swag challenge for the MEAC to play a swag team although i know i believe alabama a&m came to you uh, you know some years back but i mean isn't isn't this something we should be looking at in the future well i'm sure it is and, uh, you know, we've got to uh, find common, I guess, maybe uh, interest in uh, playing non-conference games that way. I think it's fun to, uh, you know, go to places that you don't necessarily have an opportunity to uh, visit in in regular years. So, you know, I think it'll work in a way where, you know, some of these uh, – uh, I guess maybe necessities because of the situations that, that arise because of this pandemic will create situations that you'll continue to replicate somehow or another in years to come. I want to talk personnel, uh, but but before I do, I want to get your thoughts because you've been around doing this, you know, a long time, 19 seasons as the head coach. Uh, of course, you mentioned being a student athlete. You had some time as an assistant coach at South Carolina, the University of South Carolina also. I mean, how how disappointing uh, was it that and I get it. I mean, we're in COVID and all that, but that the MEAC was unable uh, to have a season or at least the MEAC is not sponsoring football in the spring for 2021. Uh, Very. uh, I was very disappointed. I think our entire program was disappointed. And, you know, I don't think we were anywhere close to being the top team in the league you know, last year. So it wasn't just a thing of we thought that we could go out and beat up on folk as why we wanted to play. We just felt like it was a better situation for us to continue to keep our guys busy and involved and then to have something that actually gave them a goal to achieve, working to play, you know, for a championship or, 
you know, of something of some sort that will give us some excitement about going out practicing and working hard every day. So we just felt that we needed to continue to keep our guys going. Sometimes when they, you know, just walk away from the game the way you do when you're not playing, you know, we tend to stagnate and not necessarily have, you know, the same kind of tension to just doing right as we would. So we were trying to do everything we could to continue to play. And then from that point on, you know, then our guys just did what was what was natural. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily feel like, you know, even though the pandemic is what it is, I, I, I've got to make sure that we don't make light of the fact that people are dying and uh, you don't necessarily, you know, have an opportunity to come back from some of the circumstances that can arise from mixing together and doing some of the stuff that you do when you, you know, when you play a game that way. But, you know, we just felt like it was worth it. We thought that, you know, there were other schools and other, other conferences that were being able to, you know, continue to operate, you know, schools in the, you know, ACC and the SEC, you know, did it quite easily or did it in a way where they continue to at least continue to go. Uh, most of the championship subdivision leagues, most of the uh, FCS leagues, you know, did try to suspend and try to spring. Almost everybody now is trying, almost all the other leagues now, except for the Ivy League and uh, and the uh, MEAC are trying to, you know, put a season together this spring. So, you know, we just felt like it was a natural and we just want to play. So we just kind of keep at, just kind of keep working at it. You're locked into From the Press Box to Press Row. I'm your host, Donald Weir. We're talking with South Carolina State head football coach, Buddy Pugh. We've got more with Coach Pugh on the other side. His teams have won seven MEAC championships. He's Buddy Pugh. Of course, they've won two black college national championships. He's been named the MEAC Coach of the Year three times. Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Personnel, Corey Fields, uh, really good season in 2019 uh, for you. W- what have you seen from him over, what, the last, I guess, what, uh, 15 months uh, or so in terms of his progression and, and your expectations for him this spring? Uh, Corey continues to improve. Uh, he's a uh, uh, a football junkie. Uh, he's in the office all the time watching tape and, you know, watching other guys. We get we get a bunch of NFL tape in here. So, you know, he likes to watch all of the, you know, top quarterbacks in the country and, uh, you know, kind of see how they're doing some things. But, you know, he's one of those kind of guys where, you know, I think he wants to play football for a long, long time. And uh, uh, Cora is a smart, smart guy. Um, he'll graduate this spring. <laughs> I don't know exactly. He's got three more years to play after this, so I don't know exactly how that's going to work out, you know, in the whole scheme of things because of the fact that that I don't know if we'll have school for him (laughs) a little bit, but, you know, he really is a great young man, matures all get out, comes from a great family, and, uh, you know, just continues to, you know, be a great leader and uh, a guy who, you know, who we'll have, I'm sure, somehow not involved in South Carolina State's uh, hierarchy for a long, long time to come. Defensive back to Kobe Durant, how how special is he? Uh, a really good player. Kobe's also graduated here in grad school. You know, that's one of the unintended consequences of this whole deal, too. We're getting a lot of guys, you know, who are graduating and still having eligibility left, a couple years left in some cases. So, you know, Kobe will have a master's 
you know, by the time he's done playing, he's going to play again this fall. And then at that point, then we are going about the task of uh, of seeing if we can usher him on to wherever that might be, you know, from that point. But uh, he's had some great uh, battles with some of the top receivers in this league, you know, over the past years. And, you know, he's a, he's a Hamlin. His mom is uh, sisters to uh, uh, one of the Hamlins that played for us some years ago, the Hamlins that played at Clemson. All those guys are the same mm-hmm. family from over Lamar. South Carolina, so the bloodlines run, you know, pretty steady, pretty thick, you know, in that crowd. Those guys are hard-nosed, smart guys who, you know, come in here and uh, and handle their business in every kind of way you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so how do you, you know, Alabama A and M? I mean, they have some some weapons. I mean, if you go back to 2019, but again, nobody's played, you know, for for 15 months now. So how do you prepare for the Bulldogs? For those Bulldogs, I should say. You go back and you look at. You know, there are people that are returning. You give us, uh, I guess, maybe a, a good bit of credence to what they've done in the past. Connell Maynard, Coach Maynard's a, you know, a, a great football guy who's been an MAC guy, you know, who's been in these parts for a good many years now. So he's got some uh, past history out there that you can go back and research. Uh, his quarterback, the glass kid, was second team all-conference in the swag last year. He's a big old tall strapping guy who can hum it, who can throw it. He's one of those guys that can spin it. He's a real passer kind of guy. And, uh, you know, they've won, you know, like six ball games last year. You know, they probably should have won another two or three more close, close games, you know, toward the end. They should have won the Alcorn game at Alcorn. You know, they should have won the the, uh, uh, Alabama State game. They had their opportunities. They have a big year last year, and they returned most of that team. They had a, a, a little wide receiver, uh, a kid by the name of Abraham, who was first-team all-conference last year as a freshman. He was the newcomer of the league. And then they've got a couple defensive line guys that are returning that are really good. So you kind of go through and kind of research them in a way where you see those guys that are returning. Hopefully, you know, that was with them when they played last and kind of figuring that those guys will be better. And at some point, you know, we'll be back at a, you know, on that team this year. Last two thoughts. Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joins us here on the program. I mean, you've you know, A&T, you know, Hampton leaves in 2017. A&T to start 2020, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman um, also leave. The, the, the conference is down to six football-playing schools. Y- your thoughts, like, on, on that and then the future of the MEAC? Well, uh, it's a little bit sad. You know, I hate to see those guys go. Not only did we lose teams, you know, in the league that way, but I lost some good friends, uh, uh, coaches from those schools that we, you know, built relationships with and and are going to miss, you know, on a regular basis. But we'll continue to play, you know, some of those guys. I think uh, we are trying to play A&T, Bethune, FAMU, and, and maybe even Hampton you know, from time to time over the year, over the coming years. So, you know, we'll see each other and uh, and continue to be, you know, great competitors that way. Uh, at the same time, we will miss them and uh, and wish them luck as they go on about a, you know, a new way. Um, as far as our league is concerned, Donald, you know, we'll survive. Um, and I'm sure we'll try to find somebody, a couple schools to replace some of the schools that we lost at some point. I don't exactly know. 
you know, what the league's uh, intentions are as far as schools that we could find that might want to be a part of the MAC. But we are charter members of the league, and we'd like to think that we'd be able to, you know, continue to be a member of this league. We are loyal members in a way where, you know, we feel like, you know, we want to try to hang in here. So we think we will. And then lastly, you are a legendary coach. I mean, more recently, we've talked with legendary coaches, you know, Rod Broadway, Joe Taylor, you know, Rudy Hubbard, who, who just recently got inducted into the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, South Carolina State is your alma mater. You've been there 19 seasons. You've done an outstanding job. You've spent some time, as I mentioned, at the University of South Carolina, et cetera. Would you, have you or would you have liked – to have gotten, you know, Willie Jeffries obviously well. He's the only uh, HBCU grad to coach at an, a 1A program or an FBS program as the head coach. Would you have uh, liked to have been a head coach or have had your opportunities to coach at an FBS uh, program? Do, do you feel maybe slighted in, in some way? Uh, not really. No, I've had uh, wonderful. Uh, opportunities in my time in the coaching career, and it's been real good. It's probably been a lot better to me than I've been to it. And uh, the, the the most important thing, Donald, we do is we affect young men's lives in ways where, you know, they come back and they actually tell you, you know, that hey, coach, you did such that and and what have you, you know, to uh, encourage me to go about being, you know, a positive citizen and a and, and a and a great resource for you know, my community and what have you. So, you know, these people that we've come in contact with over the years, you know, are the most important thing that we've got to keep in mind as we go about putting these teams together year in and year out. So, you know, it's the individuals and the relationships and the fun that you have as you get to know people and get to build relationships and that kind of stuff with folks. So that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, it's not about which job, you know, that I can get or which program I can run. You know, soccer, I say, has been unbelievably good for me. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that, you know, that I appreciate everything they've done for me, and I look forward to doing whatever I can to support soccer on State to the day I die. Buddy Pew again in his 19th season as the head football coach of South Carolina State joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Bulldogs going to host the Alabama A&M Bulldogs Saturday at 1.30 at Bulldog Stadium. Coach, Pew, as always, I appreciate the time. I know that game's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, good luck to you and the Bulldogs this season. Thank you so much, Donald. Always a great conversation with Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joining us here on the program. If you want to react to anything that Coach Pugh had to say, hit me up via Twitter, Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. And again, I think this is going to be an outstanding football game. You look at South Carolina State. Corey Fields is is really like he had a really good a freshman season in 2019. Uh, they, and remember, South Carolina State co-MIAC champs. The Bulldogs finishing 8-3 and three on the season. Re- also remember now, Buddy Pugh was going to retire prior to the start of this season, ultimately decided to 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 uh, to come back. And, I mean, what a season, right? You know, what a, what a season for South Carolina State. I, I Alabama A&M is really, really talented. Like, really, really talented. And Aquil Glass, uh, the quarterback, man, you, I mean, 32, he, 
put up 3,600 yards passing last year. 3,600 yards with 32 touchdowns on the season. And again, a top 25 quarterback right now in all of college football. He's rated. So this young man can play. You know, I look at South Carolina State. I look at a guy like a Roderick Perry, right, the defensive lineman. Well, he decided not to. He decided to enter the, the uh, transfer portal. He had already gotten his degree, if I'm not mistaken, from South Carolina State. Decided to go to Illinois. Man, he was really good. Like he was all Big Ten at Illinois uh, this year, and is going to come back next year or in the fall, I should say, 2021. He's got a good shot of perhaps being drafted. You know, so. Um, uh, you know, the defensive lines, uh, the defensive line for South Carolina State may not be as strong as it has been in years past. But on the back end and that secondary is where South Carolina State uh, should be pretty good. South Carolina State offensively. We'll see how the running game gets going. Alabama a and I think it's just going to be really good all around. And I, that, that's. You know, I, I know a lot has been made and there's been a lot of talk about Alcorn State and I know uh, uh, schools are not happy to the point that the SWAC ultimately uh, had, Alcorn State had to, to forfeit its schedule this year. So any team that was playing Alcorn State automatically has a win on the season. And I, I'm going to tell you, I think that Alabama A&M and Alcorn State game that was supposed to, to have opened the season would have been the HBCU game of the year, I think. And I, and I get it. You know, you still have, you know, five or six games that are still, still had to be played at that time. But that football game right now there, because you're talking about the six time defending Eastern division champs in the SWAC in two time defending SWAC champions, Felix Harper, the quarterback, coming back. Receivers coming back. Offensive line is good. Secondary, Quinterio Cole. I mean, man, that was going to be a good football game. Alabama A&M has some transfers coming in as well. Uh, But when you talk about, you know, you talk about receivers and then led by Ibrahim, and then you talk about Aquil Glass. Wow. What a football game that ultimately would have been. But nonetheless, South Carolina State and Alabama A&M are going, to play, are going to play. And then ultimately, as I mentioned, and this is where, you know, again, this is where I got excited, getting back to what I was talking about in the first segment. In terms of HBCU love and doing what needs to be done in these trying times amongst HBCU schools, Right, Alabama A&M needed a game. South Carolina State needed a game. You heard Buddy Pugh talk about it. They got together. Uh, Alabama A&M, or excuse me, Alabama State and South Carolina State going to get together also with a home-and-home series. You don't need the MEAC SWAC Challenge to dictate some of the better games that are going to be played or should be played in HBCU football. We don't need that. We can make these games happen, and especially once COVID subsides, maybe even going into 2022, fans will start to come back to the stadiums. This is where we can have these phenomenal football games. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, stay tuned because I'm going to preview the Box to Row National Game of the Week. 
You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-605-1679-800-605-1679-800-605-1679. That's 800-605-1679. Paid for by GoHealth. BoxToRow.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. BoxToRow.com. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. We're back here on from the press box to press row. Join us on the conversation on Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Don't forget, if you missed any of this program, you can log on to our website at box and download the program, whether it be this particular show or any of our previous shows over the years. Great content on box as a matter of Fact. So, the Boxer Row National Game of the Week, Crambling is going to be hosting Jackson State. And this is a game, this is one of the better rivalries in all of HBCU football. I mean, this rivalry goes back a long way when you think about some of the greats that have come out of this rivalry. Uh, you know, whether it's been... Uh, Walter Payton or Robert Brazil on the Jackson State side, whether, you know, it's been Willie Davis, you know, Buck Buchanan on the Grambling side, Eddie Robinson, W.C. Gordon. I mean, this rivalry is one of the best. And when you talk about uh, a a game where you're going to see, well, in normal times where you would see a stadium field, uh, this is this is that. This is that particular game. Now, of course, we go back to 2013 when, if you remember, or those that don't know, Grambling, and it, it was a national story. I mean, Grambling uh, decided, I mean, the, the, the conditions that the student athletes were playing in, they felt like the conditions were extremely bad, uh, decided, and just some things that happened. Doug Williams had been fired a little bit earlier, uh, a couple of games earlier maybe. They were taking bus rides to long places, and the student-athletes had had enough. That was a big story. And if you remember, the game that Grambling decided not to play was the Jackson State game. And so the penalty from the conference was that for so many years, I don't remember what it it was, but I think they've gone back to the home-and-home. But ultimately, Grambling had to play at Jackson State for so many years in a row. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm thinking, I, I, and, and no, I think it, I think it's gone back. I'd have to go back and look, 
I mean, I don't think this is the first game they're playing in quite some time uh, at Grambling, but it was a couple of years that this game was strictly played at, at, excuse me, at Jackson State, where the game was strictly played at Jackson State because uh, the SWAC penalized Grambling. So, again, Jackson State already has a game under its belt. And I think if you, you know, look at what Jackson State was able to accomplish against, uh, against obviously, Edward Waters, I mean, it wasn't, the greatest opponent, but you get out on the field, you're able to kind of get, you know, get seeing what you have, you know, I think I thought Jalen Jones uh, from a little bit of the game that I saw, you know, obviously did some good things look pretty good, but I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he wasn't doing it against a grambling team. That is going to be very, very good. You know, one of the things that I'm looking at and I'm going to break down the matchup. Another thing that I'm looking at, is when I look at the revised, because the SWAC had come out with an all, you know, a preseason all SWAC team, it had come out in January. Well, once Allcorn State opted out, they revised it, came out with a new list. And so where Felix Harper was the quarterback on the first team and Aquil Glass was the quarterback on the second team, Aquil Glass is now the quarterback on the first team, and Ladarius Skelton is the quarterback on the second team. And I think, if you're Jeremy Hickbottom, you know, you got to feel disrespected in a way, whereas you weren't, I mean, I don't think he would have been the first team quarterback because Aquil Glass is very, very good. Not, it's nothing, not to take anything away from Jeremy Hickbottom, but I mean, you're not a second team guy and Ladarius Skelton is. And again, Ladarius Skelton is very, very good, but there was even some question. And a lot of that is, a lot of that is just to put competition uh, with quarterbacks, right? Because even if you listen to the HBCU Football Daily podcast, okay, uh, when we previewed Southern and we had Carlos Brown, who follows follows Southern very, very closely come on, he indicated at the time that there was a quarterback battle. Um, and then we had last a uh, couple of weeks ago, um, ultimately coming on the program, uh, was uh, was uh, 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 Dawson Odoms, excuse me, the head football coach at, at Southern. He came on uh, on our program, Sirius XM Channel 84, the day of the game. So, listen, uh, you know, if you're Jeremy Hickbottom, right, and you, you know, you, you know what you can bring to the table, I mean, it's one thing. I mean, he's already got some competition in-house because remember – Broderick Fobbs, there was to be that competition. Matter of fact, they, they going back a couple of years ago, they used the two quarterback system with Jeremy Hickbottom's bottom. He took over the reins uh, pretty much on last year. But you know, the coaches are always going to kind of feel that competition. So you know, if you're Hickbottom, like you, you feel like okay, I'm the guy. But there's no guarantees, right? Like there's no guarantees. That, Jer- that that at least in his mind and from what maybe Broderick Fobbs is saying. I mean, I, and I think when Rob, Rod, when Coach Fobbs came on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, I mean, he definitely said, hey, right now uh, our guy, as a matter of fact, is Jeremy Hickbottom, okay? But Jeremy Hickbottom had a pretty good season in 2019, and to be now the second team guy, I think, has to sort of light a fire, uh, if you will, under Jeremy Hickbottom. Like, he's got to know, 
he's got to go out. He, you know, he wants to show everybody. Now, I mean, I think his numbers and the numbers that he put up uh, speak for themselves, but I'm sure he's going to want to go out and say, hey, you guys didn't even select me, okay, as the top guy. And so I feel like, you know, I feel like he's a guy that really uh, was going to go out and really have something or going to want out and want to go out and really prove that, hey, I should have been on that second team. And, you know, one of the questions when Coach Fobbs appeared on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, I asked him straight up, you know, do you feel like, hey, with Deion Sanders coming into the conference, everybody's talking about Jackson State and a lot of, you know, mostly the fan base because if you look at the coaches and the picks, Jackson State is, has not been picked high in that Eastern Division, but everybody's crowning Jackson State the champion. They have all these transfers and all of that. And I asked Coach Fobbs what he thought of that, and this is what he had to say. No, because I don't really answer it. You know, I'm focused on Grambling State University and, and us playing football. At the end of the day, you know, we've played this game, we've coached this game for a number of years, and the only thing that matters is what we do and how we plan to do things. So uh, we can't control other things. We just control what we can control, make sure that we're in the right headspace and we're playing the game the right way. And to be exact, I asked Coach Fobbs what he thought about all of the talk uh, about Deion Sanders and Jackson State and did, hit bother, and did it bother him. And that was ultimately his response. And I think, I mean, I think you can't. Like, you can't allow for it to bother you. Uh, and, and again, Gramlin's won an HBCU National Championship in Broderick Fobbs' time as the head coach since 2014. They've won two SWAC championships. Uh, and so, I, I, I mean, I got to feel like to some degree, he may say it doesn't, but, under you know, he's going to focus what he's got to focus on, it's no doubt. But he also wants, it's no doubt that he wants grambling to be talked about as well. Um, I mean, it's one thing if you talk about, you know, uh, Southern, because, I mean, the last couple of years, Southern has had, Grambling's number and Southern has been the Western division champs. Or if you talk about Alcorn state two time defending champs, but not Jackson state who Grambling has had Jackson state's number the last, you know, couple of years or the last couple of times that they've met. So, you know, maybe the players get up for this kind of thing. Maybe it bothers the players and Grambling is knowing that it is put in the work, had a winning season in 2019, uh, maybe it bothers them uh, a little bit. But breaking this game down, like, again, I look at Jackson State. Uh, again, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, obviously Jackson State dominated Edward Waters. No question about it. But I really don't know because now you're playing a team that I would say on paper, Grambling is better than Jackson State. So now you have to contend if you're the Tigers – with this Grambling team that has been really, really good the last couple of, even when Grambling wasn't wasn't good, it was good. Like when they weren't winning Western Division crowns, Grambling was good. I mean, I think I talked about Jeremy Hickbottom. I think he's going to be improved this year. I look at 
uh, Keelan Elder, the running back, one of the running backs for Grambling. I mean, this is a young man, uh, his last game on the biggest stage, the biggest stage, rushed for 112 yards and a touchdown on 19 carries against Southern in that Bayou Classic going back to 2019. Yeah, I get it. That was 2019. And by the way, Jackson State has played a football game. So Jackson State has already played a game. It's already got a game under its belt. Uh, Is that an advantage for Jackson State? Probably. You know, I I would definitely say so, no matter what the opponent was. But you got to know that Gramlin's going to come out and be prepared. Look out for this kid, C.J. Russell, the running back for Grambling. He's like top six all time in the state of Louisiana in terms of running backs uh, in high school. And they're expecting a lot of big things from this young man. That offensive line should be pretty good. So I'm going to go prediction here. I'm going to go Grambling wins this football game by 10 points. I think Grambling wins this football game against Jackson State. By 10 points is our Box to Row National Game of the Week. Got to get ready to run here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Buddy Pugh, the head football coach at South Carolina State, for joining us on the program. I'm telling you, if you're missing the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, you're missing uh, one of the more in-depth looks at HBCU football that you will find anywhere, anywhere. You can find it Monday through Friday on our website at BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.